It's a term for a type of a plant. Uh, an adaptogen is something that works on the adrenal glands to reduce stress. So all mushrooms are adaptogens. They all have a benefit to the adrenal glands in terms of reducing stress in general. We know that mushrooms can have an important benefit for mentation, as with lion's mane, as with you know, um, reishi, as with a number of other mushrooms as well that, that, that promote a feeling of calmness and, and, and peace kind of a meditative, sort of a Zen state. Um, we know that because of their immune um, enhancing properties, mushrooms also contain um, molecules that have actual anti-cancer properties. So if a mushroom gets your immune system up to fight the cancer, it also directly has cytotoxic properties that can fight the cancer. Welcome to the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the Doggy Dan podcast show and today I am with Doc Rob who is uh, going to be sharing with us a little bit about real mushrooms and I love mushrooms so I'm excited but if you listen to this show regularly you'll know I get quite excited when I start these podcasts um, because I love learning and Doc Rob uh, is a fascinating man. He graduated. A little bit about Doc Rob. I'm just going to read this little bit of bio about Doc Rob. I'm not going to pretend I know everything about you, uh, Doc Rob. That would be quite strange. So, Doc Rob it graduated. What was that? It would be quite strange if you knew everything about me. Exactly. So, uh, Doc Rob graduated in 1982 from Colorado State's College of Veterinary Medicine. He established one of the first integrative vet clinics in the USA in Boulder, Colorado in 1993. And since then, he's become a nationally recognized expert in veterinary, herbal, and nutritional medicines, medicinal mushrooms. And that's the key bit, medicinal mushrooms, veterinary CBD, and cannabis therapeutics. So he's bringing 40 years of practical clinical experience treating small and large animals with diet, acupuncture, uh, and medicinal mushrooms. Better make sure I say that right. Medicinal mushrooms. It's a tongue twister, isn't it? <laughs> it is a tongue twister. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rob. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's it's nice to be here. And it's nice to meet you. Yep, You're a yep. pretty interesting guy. <laughs> so, um, and th- and th- and thank you for the introduction. Yeah, I'm a I'm a veterinarian, and I've had um, oh about thirty thirty five years of practice experience. And when I graduated vet school in 1982, I thought I had all the tools I needed to go and do do battle with all the diseases of the world and our in our critters. Um, but I found that as I kept working, that there were a number of problems that just slipped through the cracks. That no matter how good I was to diagnose, no matter how good I was slinging the drugs or you know with the, with the surgery, that it's still there still were some patients that had problems that I couldn't solve. And these were mainly patients with these chronic diseases that we see so much of, like diabetes and um, chronic skin diseases and cancer and neurologic diseases like epilepsy. We just don't have really good tools in Western medicine to address these that don't also have some toxicity associated with them. 
So I started my journey a long time ago, about five years out of vet school. I, I said, I got to figure this thing out. And I started looking at diets. I looked at what the commercial foods are that they're feeding and thought they were not all that healthy and started to recommend based on some readings and nutritional work I'd done on, on home, home prepared meals yep. for pets. And back then that was kind of, you know, everyone's going, that's pretty unusual. What, you want me to actually <laughs> fix meals for my pet? Revolutionary, I'd say. It was, it was revolutionary stuff, yeah. Now it seems like everybody's doing that, you know. Crazy, I know. But what was, but what really was crazy was that you know some of these animals had really complicated problems, and I wasn't doing anything different for the problems. Mm. I just was changing their diet, yep. and they started improving. So that really got my attention, and and, and having those successes with with that, just with simple diet. Um, homemade food, um, I started looking at other modalities such as herbal medicine and acupuncture. And over the years, over the 30 or 40 years, I've developed quite a repertoire, quite a bit of experience. For 25 years, I worked for a company designing products to be used by veterinarians in clinic that were herbal and uh, nutritional and um, medicinal mushroom types of products and 2015 i introduced the first cbd products to veterinarians and they really went like gangbusters they cbd has a lot of value but mm. uh, we can maybe talk about that at some other time today I'm, i want to focus on my mushrooms um and so you know so over time i've, I've developed quite a bit of uh, quite of a quite a repertoire and it and after this whole feeding frenzy with the public over CBD has kind of settled down and now we're seeing a lot of you know competition and the big boxes getting in on it um it's getting kind of boring you know I'm looking for something that's more exciting that is untrodden territory you know new turf that that I can rule for at least for a while till the big boxes get in and take it over as they tend to do so as as perhaps you know what I'm referring to um so um I um I started looking around and I found this Canadian company that um that actually grows about 10 or 12 different mushroom species under USDA organic certified standards and then extracts them and 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 standardizes them so we know exactly how much they have and from one batch to the next it's the same and they have a huge number of human practitioners that use these products for their patients. And I used some of these human products for my own patients back when I was in practice. I've retired from practice now. I'm getting to be an old fart and have, you know, and I've, I've, I want to pass my legacy on by teaching and sharing and developing products that the pets can use. Oh, beautiful. So, um, so I went to this company and I said, Hey, I've got an idea. Would you like me to develop a line of pet products for you? So um, they said, yeah, in fact, we were talking about it, and um, I'm really friendly with the guy who's the founder of the company. He and I have known each other a number of years, and his two sons run the company. So it's really a very cool operation, and they're, they're very – I mean, they're, they're really dialed in. They, they sell most of their stuff online, and they've done really well as far as creating a really high-quality product with a lot of consumer – confidence and now i get the opportunity to modify their materials so that they can be palatable and easy to give to pets and i can make the directions easy so the pet parent or the veterinarian will know how best to use that mushroom or that mushroom blend for what conditions it's taking a lot of work i've been with them nearly a year now and i'm still i'm still like 
buried with all the all the work I'm all the stuff I'm writing and the products I'm developing and and you know all the marketing tools that we're doing. But that's basically what um, why I'm here is to let people get the word out. Let people know that these that these exist. That they're we're just in the infancy of getting this stuff out there. We've got five or six products now, but we've got at least as many coming down the line. Wow, love it. I mean, here's my thing. I, I love mushrooms. You know, I love mushroom omelette. I won't talk about other types of mushrooms I've had on this show, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about mushrooms. So in terms of spe- not getting into the chemical, you know, you know how, they, how they, the formulas and stuff. Sure. Yeah, that's too technical. Yeah. But can you give us a little bit? Um, I mean, these are obviously not your standard mushrooms. These are, can you just throw a couple of like, teasers in there without going too deep and losing half of our listeners you, uh, you know what i'm trying to say it's like the, you know for your common man for your common man like me yeah no i can do it i can do it here what sort of stuff do they heal and what are, what do these mushrooms look like yeah well i think you're actually an uncommon man but um i'll go ahead and gear it to, to the common man yeah so there's and woman and woman and woman yes i'm using yes human um, Human. Anyway, we won't go there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, there's really three kinds of mushrooms that are out there. There's those that are toxic and poisonous, and there's a small percentage of mushrooms that are. And people who go and try to identify mushrooms when they go walking in the forests, many times, as expert as they may be, they make identification mistakes and go straight to the ER. Yeah. So um, it's you know you need to know what you're doing if you're picking mushrooms in the wild because it could be toxic yeah. to you. Then we've got the psychedelic mushrooms, which is a topic we can discuss, the psilocybins. And um, now we're seeing an incredible rebirth of interest in these yep. that they may actually help humans who have PTSD, who have depression, who have chronic anxiety. And we're starting to see a little bit of movement in terms of testing these compounds in the critters. But we don't. But it's really in the very early infancy, and I don't have a lot to report about that. Um, in a way, it, it kind of worries me how an animal would react to getting being given a psychedelic mushroom because I know how animals react when they're being given THC. And you know, although many humans like THC, it's a lot of fun, recreational, all that stuff. Get high. Animals, they're in survival mode all the yes. time. You know that. If there's a dog yes. trainer, you know you know animals. They're always in survival. And if, if they feel as though their survival is being threatened, it freaks them yeah. out. And so they need to have their ears working. They need to have their eyes yeah. working. They need to have their balance working. And if you're taking a psychedelic mushroom or THC, it messes up your perceptions. And I can imagine it could create more anxiety then then solve it. So that's an area that I'm going to be looking at, but I have not yet explored enough to be able to give really good, credible information about it. Then we have the edible mushrooms. And you like your mushroom omelets. You probably have enjoyed shiitake mushroom, yeah. right? you know, which is a, a Japanese, you know, a Japanese origin mushroom. Incredibly tasty. I'm growing some in my basement here on uh, on sterilized wood chips, Beautiful. actually. And shiitake is one of the most powerful medicinal mushrooms we have. It has uh, multiple compounds in it that can impact your immune system. 
in a beneficial way, that can reduce your cholesterol levels in a beneficial way, that can regulate blood sugar if you're maybe slightly diabetic or something. So also has anti-cancer properties. That's just that tasty little shiitake mushroom that you have on your omelets. Mm. So there's, a, there's several other edible mushrooms like that, the button mushroom, portobello mushroom, criminy, there's the maitake mushroom, the hen of the woods, there's lion's mane. There's a lot of very edible mushrooms out there, and all the ones that I've named also have medicinal properties. So that makes taking your medicine not too hard to do, you know, mm. if it's tasty, and you can take it in with your omelet. And, and are, the, are those mushrooms the ones that you're using in the, in the medicine? Yes. Yes, they are. But there's others as well which are not as edible. For instance, you probably, if you've walked through your forests, and I know New Zealand has some of the most amazing forests on the planet, I'm sure you can see mushrooms growing on trees that look like shelves. These are woody mushrooms. They're not very tasty because they're so lignous. They're so woody. But the right kind of woody mushroom also has remarkable healing properties. Is that right? There's one, there's one woody mushroom called, tur called turkey tail, and maybe you have seen that. Let me, I've got an example here. Let me just grab it off the shelf. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm fascinated. I, um, we, were, we were admiring these. Uh, they come out of the tree like almost like a plate. They come out like plates, some of these. Exactly, like a, sh like a shelf. Wow. So this, isn't that pretty? It looks yeah. like a turkey tail. This yeah. has some of the strongest anti-cancer properties of all the mushrooms wow. that are grown, period. Beautiful. Oh, amazing. And then, and then look, at, look at this one. This is, a, this is also a woody mushroom, not very tasty, incredibly bitter, but so powerful that the Chinese emperors would have, um, would have their, their subjects bring them the largest specimens they could find as a tribute to them. Wow. So it's, it's mushrooms have a long history yeah. with humanity, and it's a good history. You yes, know? yes. Fascinating. So let me, can I dig down some more? I'm not losing you guys. We're, we're talking. Totally. Okay, good. Portobello, button mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm with oh, you. Oh, yum! When's dinner? You know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you've ever eaten a shiitake mushroom, and if you try to eat it raw, it, it's not very tasty. You'd probably have to, sh you know, cut it really, really thin because it's so fibrous. And in fact, we don't recommend eating mushrooms raw or not eating very many mushrooms raw. Even your little button mushroom has some very mild toxic principles to it that if you eat a lot of raw button mushrooms, you could get into trouble. But a little bit, you know, in your salad, a couple little slices, no problem. But what? But the reason why the mushrooms are so fibrous is because their cell walls are made up of this really strong fibrous material called chitin. Now, chitin is also found in what makes the outer shell of a lobster or a crab really hard, fibrous material. There's also something in the cell wall called a beta-glucan or a glucan molecule, which is a which is sugar molecules that are that bind together and don't aren't digestible, but they form structural. Um, they're like rebar in concrete in that cell wall in the fungus. So that's what makes it so fibrous. And it's actually many of these fiber elements that have the medicinal properties. So the way that you can release the medicinal properties for a mushroom, if you've got a raw mushroom, yep. is to cook it. Got it. And you need to cook it pretty well. You need to put some water in it. You, maybe you're going to saute it, but then put some water in it after that to kind of steam it. That cracks open those cell walls and enables your body to absorb these good healing 
molecules that are found in that mushroom. Wow. But a company like Real Mushrooms, they do that for you. They hot water extract all the goodies, and then they dry them into a powder, and then put them in a capsule, or put them in a pouch, so you can take them in your drink, you can mix them in your food, you can you know do whatever you want. They're not really culinary extracts. I mean, they're medicinal extracts. If you're going to have a nice mushroom meal, I don't think I would use their extracts for that. But if you want to have a nice mushroom drink, or put some mushroom powder in your tea as a way of ingesting it to give yourself those benefits, it can work really well. For the pets, it's a little different. You know, I mean, people, we understand that mushrooms might taste a little funny and we, we can understand it's for our own good, so we take it. An animal, not so much. You know, if it's not something that tastes like food to them and tastes like food they're familiar with, you know, they're going to say, mm, maybe not today, dude. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that mushroom powder. Um, so that's what I'm in the middle of working on is developing more palatable approaches to putting these to dosage forms that makes it easier for the pet parent to give it to their critter. You know, because if you can't get it in them, it's not going to do any good. And if it's a hassle every time to do it, it's not going to work, you know? Yeah. So, so for people listening to this who maybe have a... I mean, I'm sure 99% of the people listening have got dogs. Probably. Let's hope so. <laughs> and um, so they're probably thinking, so will this... Let's hope so, yeah. So they'll be thinking, will this help with my dogs, yes. X, Y, and Z? You sort of touched on it can help with a number of things. Can you... There's two questions I've really got. Can you run through again what specifically it can help with? And then how would people go about... I'm I'm really curious about, is this something they can self-diagnose and self-kind of um, medicate, is that the word? Or do they have to go through the vet and educate their vet and say, can you can we have a look at this, is it? Yeah, that's, those are very good questions. Is it a medicine or a food? I guess that's, yeah. It's 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 considered to be a functional food. That's a very good question. Mm. Um, as as a functional food, it has medicine like properties and it has food like properties as well. Yeah. And it's not drug like in that if you let's say you have cancer and you take a mushroom for a day or two, it's not going to do much of anything. Mushrooms really have to be a lifestyle type of supplement, which means they need to be given regularly every day, not in huge amounts, just in small amounts. And over time, they build up to the point where they kind of train your body to be healthier. Mm. So um, when we look at the things that mushrooms can do, like, yes, they can treat cancer, but, you know, if you're in end-stage cancer, it's not strong enough to do anything. You know, it's best if it's if you start early on in that process before it gets too far gone. Mushrooms are quite safe, so I'm not worried about using a mushroom for an animal with a condition and it hurting that condition. The only thing that concerns me as far as the self-diagnosing aspect that you described, yes. which is actually quite common amongst dog owners or pet parents, you know, because who wants to take your animal to the vet? I mean, I, I got it, you know. The vet, the animal doesn't want to go. You don't want to have to hassle with it. You don't want to have to pay the money. But at the same time, you want the animal better, you know. So the first stab usually is to do it yourself unless the animal's an abject abjectly suffering, you know, vomiting blood, things like that, that are obviously reasons to take the, the dog right to the vet. What worries me is that not so much that it could be harmful to the animal who has a condition like we've described, but that it would delay the appropriate treatment for that condition. It may be that mushrooms are not so much a primary care 
as a supportive care. They can support the pharmaceuticals. They can support the side effects that you get. Like, for instance, with chemotherapy, we often see that it knocks out the bone marrow, that you wind up becoming anemic, where you wind up having low levels of the important white cells to fight the cancer. Mm. And mushrooms themselves can stimulate the bone marrow to produce more of these cells. Wow. Yeah. So it's so that's why it's something that it's it's a great idea, but it really to be best it needs to be incorporated into your lifestyle. Uh, for instance, some mushrooms like lion's mane and reishi um, can help calm the animal. And these days, as stressful as the world is, a lot of pet parents are looking for things to help settle their animal down. Even in training, you know, they get all excited. There's all, you know, if it's not like your online training, which is brilliant, by the way. But, you know, if they're in one of those little training groups, you know, at your local pet store, whatever it is, or shelter, whatever, wherever they're doing it, there's so many distractions from all the other dogs. Now, of course, those distractions, they say, are good to help train them to be trained through dis- distractions, but not in the early stages of training. You know that. They're too, yep. they're, they, you haven't trained them yet, and you're distracting them. You can't expect them to. So... So that's where using something like a lion's mane or a reishi or something, or even CBD in this case, can help to settle them down enough so they get to listen to you, you know, and so they're not as excited when they're in that environment where there's multiple other puppies all wanting to get, you know, all doing their thing that puppies do, you know, in these in these training groups. Wow, brilliant. So, you know, there are a, a, no, there are a number of conditions that we know mushrooms can address, very few studies in dogs, you know, and as a veterinarian, I, I like to go by the studies because at least they give you a better, a more objective idea if something's right or wrong. You have to know how to read a study. You can't take them as, you know, the absolute truth. You need to kind of see what, you know, how it was put together and, and how they analyzed it, and what their numbers were and is there bias and stuff. But I like the studies because they help me feel more comfortable if I recommend things. For instance, there's a study that came out of Eastern Europe using the oyster mushroom. Have you ever had oyster I mushrooms? don't think I have. Very tasty. They have to have a little, a little taste like seafood. Yummy, yummy. I've got one grows on my cottonwood tree out here. Um, but anyway, so oyster mushrooms have these beta-glucans in them, just like all mushrooms do. And these beta-glucans turn on the immune system wow. so it works better. So, like, if you've got allergies, which is which is the immune system not working so well, there's studies showing that these beta-glucans can calm the immune system down so the allergies aren't as bad. But in this case, the study, they took shelter dogs, puppies that yeah. were strays, they were immune-suppressed, they were malnourished, all those things. They had worms, they had all the things that we see puppies get, demodex, you know, all those skin parasites, and... Um, they gave them vaccinations in the shelter, and they then they tested their blood to see if they had um, protective titers of the antibodies. We talk about that now these days with this whole COVID thing, but that's was that's done for vaccinations with uh, dogs and a lot of. Pet owners, a lot of dogs don't want to vaccinate them every year. And I don't think dogs need to be vaccinated every year. They probably don't need to be vaccinated for much of their life except when they're young, when they really need it and are at risk. But a lot of vets and a lot of a lot of the, the industry says you have to vaccinate every year. I think mm. that's inappropriate. I think that may be unsafe. But we also don't want to not vaccinate if the animal doesn't have protective titers if it doesn't have enough antibodies to protect it if it does encounter that disease so we do a test we do a blood test 
which tells us if they have protective titers, and then we don't have to vaccinate for that year. So it's a smarter way to go. It may cost a little more than a vaccine to do the test, but for the pet parent who doesn't want to over-vaccinate their, their pet, and you know, with this whole vaccination thing with COVID, there are you know, a lot of people that are vaccine-hesitant, and you know, I respect that. So um, you know, this is another way of doing it. So what they found was that these puppies, when they gave them the rabies vaccination, they were all stressed out and immune-suppressed. Mm. They didn't have protective titers. They weren't. They, if they encountered a rabid dog, they would get it too. Right. So they then gave them a month of this oyster mushroom extract and vaccinated again, and they all developed protective titers. So that's one very practical application for a mushroom, which would be to improve their response to vaccination. So you don't have to keep boosting them over and over again because their immune system is strong enough to retain that, that memory. Wow. So that's, that's one example. So... Kind of, how widespread is the use of mushrooms by vets? So people who are kind of going, this sounds interesting, I want to know more. Well, that's my job. Are the vets using it? Are they, uh, that's, that's my job. That's your job? Well, some are, you know. So hmm. I guess I'm curious. So we're at the very early stages, are we? Or, but there's not much point in people asking at their vets so they can try? Or? Well, um, there's... The vets is a large body of, of, of very different individuals. There's some that are extremely tight sphinctered and uptight and only follow the precise rules. You know, if, if, you know, if they have a blood test that is like two degrees over normal, it's abnormal. I mean, so there's those kinds of vets. I think they're going to be kind of late adopters to mushrooms. There are certainly late adopters to CBD as well. Yes. You know, and then yes. you have the vast mass of veterinarians who are interested and they might want to apply it, but they need to see a study. They need to see something that supports that it actually yes. works. Because, you know, if you're a doctor, you want to know if you're suggesting something that it's it's really going to do some good. So um, there's that that group there, which is probably the, the biggest group for me to talk to. And so I'm developing lectures, I'm developing studies, I'm developing all kinds of things that veterinarians will will read and and learn and be convinced that mushrooms have value. And then they will hopefully start adopting some use of them in their practices. And then you have the other group of veterinarians, which are the holistic veterinarians, and they've already adopted the use of mushrooms. Yes. You know? So that's kind of, you know, yeah. Got it. Okay, so this is probably, we're probably talking about America here more than some other countries. I mean, you're in America, in America so you can talk about America. But if you're in America, yeah, the chances are, or there's a good chance, we should say, if you have a holistic vet or if you're interested in this and you go to your holistic uh, vet, then they may well know a bit about this or they may be fully on board, but... Uh, Worth a try is what you're saying. It's worth worth chatting to them about it. There's actually quite a few more veterinarians who are integrative or holistic throughout the world. Yes. Um, I am conversing with a number of them in uh, New Zealand, quite a few in Australia. Oh, yeah, no. It's not so much the... I know there's lots of holistic vets. I mean specifically the ones that are using the mushrooms. I don't think my holistic vets heard of mushrooms. I'm going to ask him, though. Do ask him, yes. Mm-hmm. I will ask him, and and that's my next question for people who are, for people who are in America, 
what's the next because i want to promote this just out of you know i i really i love okay, what you're yeah. doing and i love kind of pushing the well that's cool pushing the barriers so for people who are in america and their vets never heard of it let's let's just go and, and share where can they find out more about getting their vet to have a look at it or for vets who are interested can we share the best place to go is you got a website i think Kane. really yes it is it's uh www.realmushroomsplural.com so there you go. I wanted to get that website out there. Yeah, I want to get that out there. So realmushrooms.com, guys. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, you can, that's where you can go to buy the stuff, but that's also where you can go to get a, a large amount of, of educational material. And that's one reason I like the company mm. and why I joined it is because they're very education-forward. They, they send out newsletters, and they're, they're really not, as, as, as we see so much these days in terms of crass marketing, they're really they're using education as their marketing tool. And it's very effective because there's a lot of questions that people have about mushrooms, and we answer them. You know, and we're and so I'm working specifically in the veterinary realm, working on FAQs and practitioner newsletters and pet newsletters and all these things that and that will help the individual to learn. I know it's kind of a steep learning curve. It's for me to get all this information out. It's going to be several years, I'm sure, before it really uh, becomes more in in on the top of the mind mm. of a veterinary practitioner but hopefully we can stimulate the pet parents to be interested in it because all change usually happens within the veterinary wor world when the clients ask the vet for stuff like that's you know if if clients weren't asking their vets about cbd we wouldn't be seeing cbd being used in veterinary practices you know there's a lot of interest in it. If, if clients weren't upset with commercial foods yeah. we wouldn't see so many raw diets out there if clients weren't upset by vaccinations we wouldn't have vaccine titers so it really is in many regards driven by the pet parent and and so that's so by addressing the pet parent and getting them excited about the value of mushrooms on as a daily um as a daily boost for their animal's health and longevity you know it's that's really where we're we're focusing a lot of our energies no it's beautiful that's why we're here on this podcast to do that exactly and i'm one of those people who's starting to get fascinated as particularly particularly or specifically since i watched um you may have seen it, a netflix movie i think it's called fungi yeah fed fantastic fungi it's a very it's a That's lovely right. film it, it really has gotten a lot of people yep. you know good it's, it's great it's a great film and um beautiful yeah beautiful. and it, it helped um, me understand you've got the like these trees and plants and then you've got this these mushrooms and the mycelium i think is the mycelium underneath the ground is that right yeah and and it just blew my mind. It was like a, a communication network. It reminded me of the internet around the world. It, it kind of is, yeah. Yeah, so could you share a little bit about mushrooms and mycelium? I, I can, yes. I'd love you to share a little bit about mycelium. Yeah, yeah well, well um, mushrooms are complex organisms, and they have what we call a life cycle. And there's three parts to the life cycle, and I won't make it too complicated. I'll kind of liken it to a plant, mm. okay? So they have spores, and the spores are like the seed of the plant. And the spores are held in the mushroom itself, what we call the mushroom, that mushroom cap. And when the time, when the when conditions are right, the mushroom releases these spores, which fly into the wind or go down to the soil and or whatever the substrate is underneath it, maybe some dead wood, and then they start to germinate. And when the spores germinate, they germinate into the mycelium. 
And they liken the mycelium to the roots, but it really is not. The mycelium is the, we call it the vegetative stage of the mushroom fungus, which means that this is where it, 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 it gains strength, it multiplies, it produces these enzymes that digest through the material that it's on. This is why mushrooms are one of the great recyclers of our planet. Because what happens to dead plants? What happens to dead animals? It's fungi that consume them through their mycelium. So that's why the mycelium is in the ground. It's consuming these and consuming these nutrients in the soil or on dead wood. And we also know that fungi, which are this more simple fungi, actually live in the roots of, of trees and they actually um, will digest the nutrients that the roots will then absorb so the trees can can flourish from that mycorrhizae they call those types of fungi. I put them I just planted my garden. I put them at the in the roots of all the all the plants I'm planting in there as well because it improves their their um you know their vitality and their growth. So the mycelium grows and proliferates. There's one area of mycelium in Oregon that's like, you know, two thousand, you know, square acres. It's huge. You can imagine the communication network there amongst all those trees. But then when the conditions are right, yeah. usually the, the, the temperatures go a little lower, there may be some moisture, the mushroom sends up or the, the, the mycelium says, huh, it's time to reproduce. So they then send up the mushroom, which is really the fruit you know, of the plant that then produces the seeds Got which it. are inside the fruit yes. and the spores, which then drop and form more mycelium, which then do their thing for a while. And then t- things are right. They go, okay, let's, let's, let's shroom up here, you know, and they mushroom up again. And that's the cycle of the mushroom. And each, and each part of that cycle has an important value, an important medicinal value and an important value in terms of the its function on our planet. Mushrooms are really a very important partner in terms of our global health. Brilliant. I love it. It's reminded it's all coming back to me now. Mycelium mushrooms, the life cycle, la la. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, all that stuff. So before we move on and kind of uh, kind of head off in our own direction, can you just give people one last reminder of maybe five of the main benefits of... Because I think there's longevity of the animal as well. It can really help with that. So it's not just that your dog has to be sick. It, it's, I don't want to put words in no. your mouth, but I believe it calms the dog. It helps with cancer. There's longevity. People listening who may be going, will it help my dog? Well, I, you know, I see prevention as being the, the strongest medicine we have. Certainly, we have a lot of sick animals out there, and they, they need to be helped as well. Yes. But there's also a lot of animals who haven't gotten sick yet. Yes. Those are the best places to start because the mushrooms are most likely to have a protective effect in terms of their health. Yes. So mushrooms in terms of improving immune system function, if you improve immune system function, you're going to improve um, longevity. Brilliant. Mushrooms have antioxidant properties. They call mushrooms adaptogens. Have you heard that term before? No. It's a term for a type of a plant. Uh, an adaptogen is something that works on the adrenal glands to reduce stress. So all mushrooms are adaptogens. They all have a benefit to the adrenal glands in terms of reducing stress in general. We know that mushrooms can have an important benefit for mentation, as with lion's mane, as with you know, um, reishi, as with a number of other mushrooms as well that, that 
that promote a feeling of calmness and, and, and peace and kind of a meditative sort of a Zen state. Um, we know that because of their immune um, enhancing properties, mushrooms also contain um, molecules that have actual anti-cancer properties. So if a mushroom gets your immune system up to fight the cancer, it also directly has cytotoxic properties that can fight the cancer. So I mean, but the thing is, if the cancer is well progressed, then it's hard, it's hard to stop that, you know, once it gets to that point, you know? Yeah. But early on as a wellness supplement before cancer strikes, it's a great idea. And if you just get the diagnosis of cancer and it's very early, I mean, even if it's late, I would use them, but if it's very early, that's where you have your best possible chance of success. I've heard a lot of stories about the use of turkey tail in dogs with cancer that were only given a couple of weeks to live that are still around a year or two later. Now, I can't promise anyone out there that this is going to work for you, but it's just, you know, we're just becoming aware that these are good things to give to our pets on a daily basis to help with a variety of things. There's some studies that show it can help with allergies, you know. There's some there's some studies that can help with gastritis or with inflammatory mm. bowel disease or digestive issues. So it really has a very global effect. Certain mushrooms are a little better at some things than others, but really most mushrooms can be very good for almost everything. A lot of mushroom companies and real mushrooms is one of them, will also make what we call a mushroom blend. So Real Mushrooms has like a five mushroom blend, so it combines all the properties of these five different mushrooms into one capsule or into one powder or into one soft chew. And that way you get to have this synergistic, you know, blend of all these benefits and these effects. So um, so that's, that's, I guess, putting it into a simple nutshell that um, mushrooms have a lot of value and go to realmushrooms.com if you want to learn more details. And we have a very good customer service support crew that if you have questions, you can pose it to them and they'll get probably pose them to me and I'll get back to them and they'll get back to the people. So we're really trying to do the job right. And, and I really appreciate your having me on today to kind of get the word out because we're just brand new, you know, just brand new at it. No. It's been my pleasure. I, I, like I say, I'm fascinated with the mushrooms anyway. I love them, having watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fantastic fungi. And, um, yeah, fascinated what they can do for dogs. So I, I so appreciate you uh, being on the show, Doc Rob. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with people other than go to realmushrooms.com before we uh, finish up on... I think this has been quite comprehensive. I really appreciate it. You are yourself quite a fun guy. (laughs) Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It's been said before. I love life. I love life. I love a lot of things. So uh, I'll put mushrooms in that box. Um, Yeah. You should. Doc Rob, thanks for being on the show. And for you listeners out there, realmushrooms.com. Go and check it out today. So thanks for tuning into the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, where we believe in every dog is a good dog and in every good dog is a great dog. Have a great day. And as always, love your dog. Bye-bye. If you've ever thought about giving CBD oil a go for your dog, but you wanted to use a brand you could trust, then look no further than the brand I've put my name to, Angel Oil. 
Angel Oil uses the very best manufacturing processes and ingredients on the market, with every single batch checked to ensure it's of the highest quality. I've literally found the best product I could on the market and brought it to you. To find out more, visit the show notes today at theonlinedogtrainer.com. When you use the code PODCAST, you'll get 20% off all our CBD products. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog.